All right, Johnny. So now that we're done about concocting and other con words or words that have cock in it, let's go ahead and uh, let's break the ice. So let's we all this talk about cock all of a sudden. Uh, you, you've been saying a lot of things that just kind of can be reminds you of old times. You you just saying a lot of things that can be reinterpreted in other ways. Uh, asking about favorite words that start with di and like other stuff. I asked you if you had a last meal. No, what would it be? And you now say, you're what is talking your fa- about. You dicks. say, what is your favorite dish? Dish, yes. But you dish. paused though. You went like, what's your favorite dish? And you said ish. No, that pause was in your head. <laughs> All right, so we didn't get to, we did not uh, congregate, as we'd say, last week, because um, uh, last week we were supposed to record, and the day we were supposed to record, I actually was visiting my mom, uh, because my, well, my uh, grandpa passed away that same day, so I wasn't, I had to be with my mom, uh, and I couldn't come back to record with Johnny, and then if you've been a longtime listener of this pod, you probably know that we've in the past, the first few like episodes, first few sessions, I, I we weren't able to record sometimes because I had to take care of my grandpa, and so that's the same grandpa I'm referring to. So, uh, shout out to Gramps, uh, who's resting now. He's uh, asleep, forever asleep right now. So, uh, yeah. So here we are this week, a little bit better, a little in a better mental space. We're about to talk about all the the state of play and all the other news that's happened in the last week or so. Uh, so let's just dive right into it, shall we, Johnny? Let's, let's go. All right. So, okay. I I don't have to read this article to know about the state of play. I saw it. I'm sure you saw it. Yeah. I watched out. It was going on when I was at work. So as soon as like all the kids were gone and I was alone in the classroom, I watched it on my phone real quick. I kind of jumped around and skipped. Do I, you want to cover all the games? Because I just want to cover three. There's a, there's a few. Uh, I feel like I, we can mention them, but I don't. I don't all right, I'm going off because I already forgot. I'm going off the IGN kind of list of everything that was announced. I'm not gonna, you know, we're not gonna deep dive every single game. We're just gonna briefly touch upon it. Um, I don't think this is an order, so I'm just gonna go off what it says here. Uh, we we, we see more of the Suicide Squad Killer Justice League game, which okay, so that I don't want to talk about. Okay, what do you think? start up. It looks pretty mid. I'm not. You think so? I mean, it looks visually good, but, like, the whole system, like, they're doing kind of, like, the gear thing, like, other games are doing with, like, the, like, you know, your your level is made up of the equipment you have on you, and it's, like, kind of, like, all these ideas, it's been just, I guess, um, kind of just... Um, the Battle Pass is what you're talking about. Yeah, like, I just... It's hard, to, it's hard to think that this is the same studio that gave us, like, Arkham Knight and... Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, like all these really top tier Batman games, and they're kind of just, I don't know, fiddling away with this skeleton of a game. It's just kind of, it's not my thing. Like, I don't want to play a non Batman game from Rocksteady. And I'm not a big Suicide Squad fan. I'm kind of over Harley Quinn as a character who's like, she's like mass media saturation from Suicide Squad and. Uh, was the other one, the uh, Harley Quinn's movie with the Birds of Prey or whatever, mm-hmm. and like her again in Suicide Squad, the James Gunn one. I'm just like, I'm, I'm over the character. It's kind of like a one trick, one note kind of pony thing. Like we get it, she's crazy, Joker's ex girlfriend, whatever. And I just, I just don't. This is definitely a game for some people. It's just not for me. I'm not the big DC head. Okay. So. I really just don't care about this game at all. And I know it looks good. It looks good visually, I'm saying. Visually, it looks good. Gameplay, uh, we'll see about that. It's just not my thing, and I'm kind of just tired of hearing about it. So, 
All right, so you just remind me, reminded me of the thing that we spoke about. I think the very last time we were on the pod, and I think this is one of the problems to try to tie in. Because we were just talking about Tomb Raider and the Tomb Raider universe, right? I thought it was stupid. So I think this is a byproduct of having the the Suicide Squad films. Sure. And they're trying to like have this synergy, right? They'll have they'll have the comic, the game, the film, and these things just aren't the time just isn't gonna work, right? So maybe there was a like a mandate saying like, hey, you need to make a game that's uh, relatable with all the people that are gonna watch the film, right? Like The Last of Us has the game, now they have the show, etc. But then one of the properties doesn't, specifically the films. One of the films doesn't perform well. Like number two didn't perform well, right? Or was Which it? One? No, actually, two was good, right? What are you trying to talk about? Yet? I'm sorry. The Suicide Squad. Oh, the second one was a good one. It was received well. Yeah. But the first one was it. But I think the first one made more money, though. But yeah, the first one was kind of just, eh. Yeah. Just whatever. I, think it was, I thought it was mid. Yeah. But I think this is obviously one of the issues. Like, they get a, a gaming company that takes a long-ass time to develop a, uh, an IP. Yeah. And then people are kind of like, you know what? We're kind of tired of this IP. Like, you could bring a film that's only going to be two hours. I... Every couple years, but then to have this IP like this to kind of drag on, it's no, yeah, I feel the same way, but not so much about the IP. I feel that way about like the mechanics because I, someone else tweeted about this, and I thought like they made a really good. I can't remember who it was, but they made a really good point about like how because video game development cycles are so long now, mm-hmm. these games are in gestation for a long period of time. Yeah, like they're capitalizing off systems that are now kind of old now, like from 2017, 2018 of like. Because this is a lot of games are doing this. We see this with, um, uh, shoot, what was the one that came out a while back? Uh, the, the Avengers game that was received poorly. They do something similar where, like, your level is based off the, the gear you have equipped, right? That's like a thing that comes from Destiny, basically. But a lot of games do that. I think the new Hogwarts Legacy does the same thing where you're like, your stats are based off all the different gear you swap out or whatever. Like, because these games are in gestation for so long. There's, they're like kind of stuck in the past in some ways. By the time that it comes out, like that system is kind of like oversaturated because everybody else had the same idea while you were doing the same thing, kind of thing. Well, I don't care if it's oversaturation, right? I just think it depends on the execution. Which is basically what I'm getting at is like it's the gear thing, the equipment, the light level, whatever you want to call it, right? It's like uh, the sum of your equipment together sets you at a certain level, and then like that's like your power rating or whatever kind of thing, right? And then also, again, like I mentioned, I to know how long this game was in development, it's kind of like just like it is what this is, and it's not like another Batman game. It's kind of of a bummer. It's like we only get a few of these games every few years. What else would you have Rockstar do? I know they can't probably do another Batman because of how they ended Arkham Knight with you know okay. the ending. If you played Arkham Knight, you know how that ends, and you can't really maybe do the Batman thing, but I would prefer another solo hero character. Give me like a flash game or like a green lantern game or especially like a green arrow game. That would be sick. I just don't like these ensemble cast style games. Cause I feel like they're just kind of, they're not, they're, I don't feel like they're very creative when they're like, everybody has to be able to do the same thing to access all the same areas kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like there's very little as, as capitalization as- for like specialization. It's kind of just all like make sure everyone has, for the most part, like they have to be able to go in the same areas or do the same kind of thing. As far as characters go, I'm on the Marvel end. You know, I like For I sure. tend to like the Marvel stuff more than the DC stuff. For sure. And I think there's 
a lot less to choose characters from the Marvel side because you said Green Arrow, right? I don't like Green Arrow. Like, I do not care. Like, why would they invest in a Green Arrow character? Like, that makes no sense to me. Maybe the uh, Green Lanterns? All right, cool. But they're not. The thing is, these characters are not fucking Batman. Like, not even close. Sure. They're not Superman. They're not Wonder Woman. And are we going to do another Justice League? You know, after, like, getting the fighting game that's full of... It's Justice League, right? Injustice. Yeah, Yeah, Injustice. So, when I ask you, like, what characters it... And... And with the, because um, it has to be like an open world game, right? That's what these companies are trying to do because it makes more money. Sure. So with those properties, like, what kind of team would you would you shoot for? Aside from, is that about a DC one? Yeah, DC. Because we just like, got what, what DC teams are there? Well, I don't know because we just got Gotham Knights like not that long ago, uh-huh. and that game was also kind of just. I liked it. I love Gotham Knights. I didn't play it. You played it? Yeah, you say you don't like it because of the Batmobile. No, 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 no. That's Arkham Knight. Johnny. Arkham Knight. Talk yeah. about Gotham Knights, the the Red Robin and Nightwing and Batgirl and the game that came out like in November. Our cousin Joe liked it. Yeah, that game looks fine to me. I don't see a problem. I didn't, with that no, game. Well, I'm saying because you said like how many different kind of teams. I'm like that's the only one I can think of is like oh, the okay. Bat Family. Yeah. You asked me like what other teams are there. I'm like that's the only one I can really think of is the Bat Family and I guess the Justice League. Yeah, the Bat Family, Justice League, Suicide Squad. You know, that's kind of it. I don't yeah. think there's a lot, whole lot to choose from. Not, I mean, there probably is. I just, I'm just not that well versed in DC lore, so there probably is other like teams or affiliations or whatever. But when I think of like, ma- like crossover, not crossovers, but when I think of like we're getting together to do this one thing, I think of like Teen Titans maybe or just Teen League. Titans would have been great. Pro- yeah, I think so. I, the thing is, I like. I think the that would have been, that been more appealing than Suicide Squad. Which like, is what's her name? I forget her name. Raven. Time. Raven Star- is great. Or Starfire or. Yeah, yeah, those uh, those are great. That's one of the main gripes I actually had. Okay, this is what I really think about this, what I've seen from uh, Killer Justice League. I don't like the team. I love Harley Quinn. I disagree with you. I want to see more Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. I always like seeing her little her little changes in her costumes and her goofiness. I love that character. I don't care for Captain Boomerang. The shark, I don't even know his name. King Shark. King Shark. He's cu- he seems like he could be cool. He's my second favorite. And then there's Deadshot. I don't really care about Deadshot. I like Deadshot if the he's Will going Smith. up against oh. if he's going up against Batman. As sure. a as an enemy. But like as a third guy in the back of a team, I don't care. Yeah. Um, so I think the mechanics are fine. The traversal looks amazing to me. Like every character. You can get somewhere like really quick and sure. then you, you can scale. There's a lot of verticality, right? Mm-hmm. You can go up on top of buildings like you're side by side with a helicopter. That looks great. I saw some of it. Honestly, I kind of tuned out for most of it because I'm like, oh, it's just, it's just more of this game. So I, I did see I did see some of the verticality, but a lot of stuff I kind of just I kind of just tuned out. So there's that. The shooting doesn't look personal. You know, it doesn't feel personal. It just feels like you're aiming at hitboxes, right? Sure. And then... That's kind of it. The narrative, seeing the Flash do his thing, like instigating them. Oh, yeah. That's great. I remember that from the another trailer they showed, I think. That's cool. I think they should have focused a little bit more on that. They should have shown me some more melee because King Shark and his melee looks pretty brutal. And all right. That's how I feel about that game. Let's go to the next game. All right. Uh, we had Street Fighter Six, a game. It's hard to be excited about because they've, we've known about this game and we've been seeing trailers and stuff like this for a long time already. 
they showed Zangief, Lily, and uh, Lily's a new character, but they showed Zangief and my girl Cammy. I always get hyped for Cammy. That's like my favorite Street Fighter character. So that's kind of cool, but at the same time, that's not exciting. It's not that new. Like, I mean, try to do a Street Fighter game without Cammy and just see how that goes. <laughs> like, like, you're missing out like by not putting her in, but like, it's this is a game we're already aware of, so it's kind of just like whatever for me. Why Cammy? Why do I like Cammy? Yeah. I've always just, I think from Street Fighter Alpha two or three i forgot which one but where she has like the blue outfit and like i don't know the thighs just do something for me so mine is a chung Li. i know for the guys what's your what's your guy oh i can't, uh, I can't guile guile i guile just because of his theme song i know ryu right ryu ryu is like the most common and can like those are like those are like the the Spider-Man, I guess you could say, of Street Fighter. So. They're like the main draws because all the promotional stuff surrounds them. Yeah, the, yeah. The rivalry yeah. and everything. But I kind of find them boring. They're kind of just like Goku and Vegeta to me from Dragon Ball Z. Like, yeah. With the Kamehameha. It's the Hadouken instead of Kamehameha. And Kami's just badass. Like, like she's just her design. And like, oh, like her, like her, when they do that, when they give her like a British voice because she's British or whatever, like it just, it just clicks for me. So and Guile's is just cool because Top Gun. I think of Guile. For me, I think it's always been Chung Li. The proportions are just ridiculous. She's cute. Her, just her voice is always always brings me back to the retro times in my childhood. Mm. And for my childhood, also it's got to be uh, Blanca, <laughs> the OG Blanca with the electricity and all. He's always been my favorite, but a close second is probably Guile. Because of course the theme, right? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and then I just I, like the over the his hairstyle is like over the top. It's just like it's like a like a platform. Yeah, and then every time I see Guyo, I get that that feeling like like America. You get patriotic. Yeah, you get that, patriotic. That feeling. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So Cammy and Guyo, those are my those are my those are my two. Um. So yeah, hard to be excited about that. But anyways, uh, next we had the Baldur's Gate three has a finally has a. Uh, this was one of the few games where I was like, oh, okay. I was because I'm a big RPG guy, and uh, it comes out August 31st. Wait, so, which one is this? Baldur's Gate three. This is the one with, like okay. the squid-looking monster guy talking. Yeah, that's a little odd. It's a very RPG, very like medieval kind of like Lord of the Rings-looking game. It's all with like the squid-looking guys. I'm, th- I'm thinking about um. Continue. Go okay, <laughs> so I mean we've seen we've been seeing Baldur's Gate. I think it was like playable. It was like a demo or something that was playable last year. It's hard again, hard to be excited for that. Then we see uh, Resident Evil 4, more of that with the mine carts, like kind of that. That was kind of a cool section because I remember that section in the original RE4 was kind of just bland to me. Like you're you're shooting people in mine carts, but like this looks way more frantic and more like exciting. Like the lighting looks cooler. Everything looks so much more like ramped up. You caught me off guard. You just jumped into RE4 like so fast. Uh, yeah, this looks amazing. When I saw the car, I was so content because it looks like they're putting so much content of the original, mm-hmm. which... Uh, uh, remake th- two and three were really liking some content. Well, they took out a lot of like the puzzles and a lot of the stuff. And I, I, I don't know for sure they said that about this, but they said like, hey, like all the major set pieces of all the settings from the original yeah. RE4, like those are coming back. And they have what's his name Krauser back. I saw. I was there. I was like, oh, thank God, they brought yeah, Krauser back because that fight, really that fight looks that. really cool. Yeah, yeah. You're just doing the melee with the knife and everything. Like you're kind he of just, he just does a turn. Like oh, I'm still here. Yeah, I, I remember. I was like, I was like, oh, we ha- I was worried because we like we haven't seen Crowler. We've seen er- all the villains. We've seen Sadler and Salazar and the the dude with the centipede guy with the eye, whatever. Like, 
But like we haven't seen Krauser, so I was like, why is there no Krauser? So like we finally got him in this trailer. I'm like, okay, thank God Krauser is here. Well, the part I was scared about them fucking up, which I, I don't think they will, is I feel like we got a little glimpse of Jill. I think Chris was carrying her out. And I'm really excited to see what she looks like, right? Because she's been taken over, right? Oh, she's under mind control. That hasn't happened yet, though. Hasn't it? No, because RE4 takes before RE5. And RE5 is where you see Jill and Chris and all that. Where she has the blonde hair. Was she, the- that- she was in that one? She was in RE4. Oh, what the fuck? I'm tripping. Then. You're probably thinking of Ashley or Ada. Yeah, who was he carrying then? It was Ashley, know. you think? Probably Ashley. She's the only one that could like make sense to carry in that game. She gets carried a lot. Yeah. Like I said, 4 is like one of my caps in the RE series, but I could have sworn she was in that. Jill is not. So in she's in 5. And Maybe she's... even Mercenaries. You're probably thinking of Mercenaries, which they confirmed is coming they back. They did. That's cool. So the whole Jill is in RE5. She's only in, R- she's only in 1, 3, 5. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, Revelations, I think, right? Is she in Revelations? Yeah, she's in Revelations. So I'm more excited for 5 and 4, but 4 looks amazing. Do you think with this pattern, we're get remakes of 1, remakes of 2, remakes of 3, 4? Are we going to get a remake of 5 with Sheva and Chris, you think? Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. That would be interesting, because I feel like that game doesn't really need a remake. It's more recent. Like It's like 2009. No, it needs it. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope RE4 does good. I'm looking forward to playing it. You can see that with uh, The Last of Us. They're still doing like That's remakes true. of re- uh, remasters of remasters, That's and it true. still sells. Dang, I can't wait to get to RE5. RE4 is cool. It's not my favorite RE ser- of the of the series. I think it's I think it's one of the like the top half for sure. It's in the top half of the series. And three was that way for me too, although the remake of three is kind of whatever. But like five, five and one are like my favorite ones. RE1 got a remake on GameCube in 2002. And then that version has been remastered and remastered and remastered or whatever. But that'd be so cool if they ever get around to it. Maybe it's, it's, they probably won't because it's saturated. But if they ever get back to the original Spencer Mansion RE1, like modernized, like, oh my God. I'm not sure if they're going to do that. But probably not. Since, probably you, not. since you mentioned that the order for me is 1, 2, 3, 5, and 4. Oh, okay. So you really like 1 also. Cool. I mostly like 1 because it's. It's actually a memory that we have that we talk about all the time. Oh, in the, for- in the forest. And then the first Through time the- we see Resident Evil, yeah. it's when you see the zombie turn its head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's very sentimental. It's ingrained mm-hmm. in your mind. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. So good thing Krauser's back. All right. Moving on. Uh, they showed more Destiny 2, the Lightfall thing. Uh, oh, this is what I said is where that villain with the like smoke head. Uh-huh. That was, it's a weird villain. It's very out of place for I kind of just skimmed it because I don't care about Destiny. I don't either. I don't care about Destiny. I really don't. Although I did, bl- I did buy Destiny too, but I kind of just fell off of it. That game is really hard to keep up with. Yeah. Uh, then Sony showed some more like VR games, none of which really did anything for me. There's like the, this Foglands one. Um, if I remember for the trailer, was this the one that had like the? It was, it was like kind of like a Southern Cajun kind of feel to it, or is this the one that had like the Western? I'm just not into these because they all have that first-person feel. Well, that's how you do VR, man. Nah, but they got the VR, and it'll be an RTS. Uh, right, so they showed Foglands. They showed Green Hell, which... Have you played Green Hell? That one's on PSN. Nah. Okay, it's like a kind of like a wilderness survival game where you're, like, washed up on an island, and you kind of have to, like, survive and stuff. It's, like, one of those, like, simulation, like, um... Survival, it's, like, simulation kind of thing. Kind of like a... If you ever played Raft or, like, some of those other, like, beached games or whatever. Anyways, Green Hell looks kind of interesting, but it's not... It doesn't do enough for me. 
Then we saw that weird sci-fi one uh, from the guy who made, who made iRobot, Isaac Asimov. It was a Synapse. Do you remember this one? It's kind of forgettable. It, it, they, I don't think they even showed gameplay. I think it was just like a concept kind of teaser. It really didn't do anything for me. I kind of just skipped it. Uh, Before Your Eyes, that's a game I've always wanted to play. That's the game where like you blink and then time goes forward. Do you know this one from the trailer? That game is on... Actually, if you have the Netflix app on your phone, you can play that game on your phone right now. That game is also on PC. It came out on PC a couple years back. Back in 2021, I think. But if you have the... So if you guys have the Netflix... Oh, and they're on a the little boat, right? I think that's part of it. Yeah, okay. But if you have Netflix, the Netflix app on your phone, if you go into it, there is a section for games. A lot of people don't know this, but Netflix, the Netflix app has a section for games that you can play be, just for being subscribed to Netflix. And uh, before your eyes, I don't know if it's still on there, but it was on there like last year. It might still be on there. There's a couple of games on there that people don't know about. And it's like, you're missing out by not using that. That's why I'm playing one of the games we're going to talk about later on, actually, when we catch up on what we've been playing. Um, then they showed uh, Humanity from the same people who did Tetris Effect. This is the one with all the people running around, uh, moving stuff, kind of being guided by this glowing dog thing. This game is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like people they have like lightsabers or something for some reason and they're like, like pigmen kind of pigmen yeah i kind of get the pigmen vibe yeah uh i'm gonna read the ign blurb for this one real quick it says the team behind tetris effect revealed a new title called humanity which shows a spirit-like dog leading hundreds upon hundreds of humans in lemmings-like fashion we also saw a creation tool where players can create and share levels with others around the globe the game is coming this May on PS5, PS4, PSVR, and PSVR 2. So the game looks really goofy. It looks really goofy, and because it looks goofy, that's why it grabbed my attention. Will I play it? Probably not. No. But it was fun to look at. It looked cute and funny, so I kind of like that. Uh, then they show more of Chia, a game I could have sworn already came out, but has been like constantly shown at these state of plays like every single year. Yeah, right. Chia. Um, not doing much for me. Not doing much for me. It doesn't grab my attention, but I just remember it. Uh, they showed Go- Goodbye Volcano High, which was a game that was, I think, shown way, way back, like over two years ago. I think maybe during when they first announced the PS5, like that far back. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the showcases where they fir- where the- when the PS5 was still new. It- I don't know. It looks kind of goofy. There's like these dinosaur characters. I'm guessing there's it's like a kind of like a not a parody, but it's kind of supposed to be like has to do with like the extinction of dinosaurs because there's like that volcano in the background. It's kind of looming all the time implying that it's probably gonna erupt and wipe out all these characters i'm guessing i don't know they're like there's like a band made up of dinosaurs it's like a rhythm game i this isn't for me they show that naruto boruto game ultimate ninja storm i really don't care about naruto that show is way too long now again again like i'm being very dismissive about a lot of this stuff but this is because it just doesn't do anything for me it really just doesn't do anything for me it's just a sea of kind of just more stuff either we've seen before like, we've seen Naruto games, we've seen Chia, we've seen D- Goodbye Dinosaur High, like, or Volcano High, I'm sorry. So many of these things are just things we've seen before, and I just don't, I can't muster up the enthusiasm for things I've already seen. Aside from Krauser. Krauser is always awesome. Uh, Wayfinder, I don't even remember this game in the trailer. I think I, I remember the, this character with the sword. Uh, it's an action RPG, and I'm a big RPG guy, but this one does nothing for me, Johnny. And that's kind of it. That is, yep, I believe that's it. So, kind of a mid-state of play. 
Uh, I'm not that bummed now that I missed out on it and I watched it later because none of this stuff would have been stuff I would have like reacted or popped for. But um, I don't know. Where's where's a uh, Seller Blade? Where's a uh... That, uh, what's that samurai? The last Ronin? Ronin something? Red Ronin? Red. I forgot what it's called. You know what I'm talking about, Johnny, right? Yeah. I would have popped for some of that stuff. This is, compared to the last state of play where we got all those things last year, like, this is like a nosedive for me. Yeah, this wasn't. They didn't have this up at all. Mm -mm. I mean, I I think that's when you could tell it's not going to be great when they announce it like two days before. Well, traditionally, they usually announce the state of plays like, well. I think of Nintendo. Nintendo usually announces their state of their like directs like a day or two right before. But you're right. I think PlayStation usually they do the thing where they try to get ahead of it. They set your expectations like, hey, th- we're mostly gonna feature. Um, if it's like two days, don't expect much. If it's seven days, oh, be I think major. they even said like, oh, we're gonna show a few VR games. But the mo- the focus is gonna be on Suicide Squad. Yeah, they kind of they got yeah they got straightforward. So. Maybe it's uh, maybe we should blame ourselves for being excited, but I always hope there's gonna be like, something secret, like a one more thing, last thing kind of thing, you know. So I get bummed when I get my own expectations too high, expecting for surprises. I also, uh, the Dice Awards are, you know, coming up. They're actually today. Are they today? Yeah. So our maybe cousin, our cousin Joe's involved, uh, in some capacity. I forgot something with stages, right? He's <laughs> he told us about stages and stuff, but um. Because he asked, he's like, oh, like, are you guys watching the Dice Awards? I'm like, I don't think... I I know they stream it somewhere every year, but I usually just read up on the stuff that happens because they don't do, like, game announcements and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's usually kind of just, like, the... That's, like, the proper, proper, like, Oscars equivalent is the Dice Awards. Yeah, yeah. That and the BAFTA ones that they do in the UK. Yeah, but what I mean is, like, when you have the Game Awards, Sony tends to put something, like, right before that. Mm-hmm. So I think this is just one of those situations where there's the Dice Awards and they're like, hey, let's put something out. Oh, that mindshare. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think so, too. I think you might have a point there. Um, let's move on to this next one, Johnny. This one's... Admittedly, this article is more for me. Uh, this comes from PlayStation Lifestyle, written by Nick Tan. Nick Tan. It says, Final Fantasy Tactics Remaster is coming, says Insider. Rumors of a Final Fantasy Tactics Remaster have been swirling these last few weeks. And Insider Jason Schreier, who you guys might remember from Kotaku. He's a the journalist with very, very thin skin has now added more fuel to the fire. In response to a fan asking about the game on Twitter, he simply writes that it is coming. Short and sweet. This is just one of several hints that Square Enix could be announcing a remaster or remake, preferably a remake, for the classic very soon. And then shows a picture of the tweet. Earlier in February, Ichiro Hazma, a producer for Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, which I'll talk about, I've been playing, said in an interview that the game doesn't have a lot of characters from the Tactics franchise because... The tactics team is incredibly busy at the moment. In fact, the team is heavily involved in another project, suggesting that a Final Fantasy Tactics remake is indeed what they're working on. In fact, this game has been a long time coming at this point. The infamous NVIDIA GeForce leak in September 2021. Remember that one, Johnny? Like Mm -hmm. almost two years ago? Featured over 18,000 games in its database, and Final Fantasy Tactics Remaster was one of them. According to the leak, the game was slated to arrive on February 2022, which was quite optimistic in hindsight. The rumored Final Fantasy IX remake, which also hasn't been officially announced, was on the list as well for April 2022 release. Given that, we recommend taking all of these rumors with at least a few grains of salt until Square Enix finally reveals more information. Um, so Jason Schreier, despite not being a huge fan of him, I will give him 
kudos because he is one of the most like well connected insider of insiders within the gaming industry. He's still gonna block you. Uh, he hasn't blocked me, but he might after this. Well, I don't think he pays attention. But yeah, he blocks a lot of people. Uh, I always see tweets from people saying like, "What did he say this time?" I can't see. <laughs> like it's like I picture like a crowd and like someone's like too short to look over the crowd. Like like what did he say? Like I can't I can't see. Um, but yeah, he usually if he says something, I think I don't think he's ever been wrong. Honestly, I think every time he said like, "Oh, this thing is coming," they're about to announce this. He's pretty. I think he's either like nine for ten or something like that. So if he says it's coming, uh, I th- I believe him. I believe him. And then of course the Nvidia leak, which a lot of those stuff was like, oh, like that's not happening. And then like in the following years, had those things have been revealed as official things. Like I remember the Nvidia leak said Kingdom Hearts four. Like oh, that's not happening. Then we got like a trailer for it like a few months later. It's like oh shoot, like it's like every it's like not Nost- Nostradamus or whatever. Like he's like all these things and like all these things have come to pass kind of thing. But Nostradamus for- was a bad. Was it what? He was he didn't predict shit. Are you sure? No, that's the... Who am I thinking of then? Nobody. Why? He's famous, but he's never got anything right. I thought like all the stuff about like plagues and like... Nah, he's not good. Okay. All right. Well, that's a bit of a bummer. Okay. So Jason or the NVIDIA leak is kind of like a, uh, we'll just say a prophecy that's been very accurate so far. Let's just, can we say that? Can we say that? Okay. Okay. So NVIDIA leak turns out to be very authentic. Uh, Johnny, this probably doesn't do anything for you, right? You're not a like, Final Fantasy Tactics guy. Is this um, an RTS, a real-time Think of it more... Y- not an RTS. Think of it more like XCOM. Okay. All You're right. moving units around the map. They're doing stuff, attacking. And you think they're going to... You think it'll look sort of like XCOM? Like no. fully developed characters? Or is it going to be like a flat character on a board? Oh, that I don't have, I have no idea because they say it could be a remaster or a remake. If it's a remaster, it's gonna be the flat characters on a board. If it's a remake, it's probably gonna be more XCOM-ish looking. Because if it's XCOM, that's exciting. If it looks like if XCOM. it looks like a new, brand new game, like a modern game, like I would, I'll be over the roof. I'll be shouting. Well, why would they not? Like everything else. Well, has because been that okay. Well, because they also did the Tactics Ogre remaster that that's came right. out in December, and that was just a HD res of the same. Like, but was it as popular flat. as this? No, Tactics is way more popular. Final Fantasy Tactics is way... It's like one of the holy grails of the PS1. Like, people love that game. It's like... It's the only non-mainline, like, numbered Final Fantasy game that gets all the attention. Yeah. Because all the main popular ones are, like, the numbered, like, 5 and 7 and 10. But Tactics is, like, one of the most popular non-mainline Final Fantasy games. And is the combat the same as the other games? As, like, 7? It's turn-based, but you move around the board. So it's different. But I mean, like, where they're always far apart and they don't connect. Only if they're using magic, they can be far apart. You have to be next to the unit you're attacking. You can't, if you're, Unless you're using a spear, then you can be, like, two spaces away because the spear, you know, reaches further or whatever. But yeah. if you're using a sword or your knuckles or a knife, you have to be, like, right next to them to hit them. Okay. Yeah. Unless you're using a unit that's, like, ranged, like a magic user or a bow user, then you can be, like, a certain space away. So it, it makes sense within the, the logistics of the game. That's what I'm saying. So I'm very excited for this. I love the Tactics game. Uh, Tactics Advance, the kind of like pseudo side game on, on Game Boy Advance is one of probably my favorite, one of my favorite games of all time. So I am very excited for this. Let's move on, Johnny, because no one else is as excited about that as I am. So I'm not going to bore you guys with more Tactics love. This article, come, next one comes from Kotaku, who we just mentioned, uh, written by Levi Winslow. It says Microsoft signs 10-year contract to bring Xbox games to consoles. 
So we're not talking just about Call of Duty. We're talking about like other stuff. Could we see Master Chief on there? Who knows? We'll see. Says Microsoft's president and vice chairman Brad Smith announced today that the company signed a 10-year contract to bring Xbox games to Nintendo consoles. Smith took to Twitter to announce the quote binding end quote contract, promising to drop quote Xbox games and Activision titles like Call of Duty end quote on Nintendo hardware at the same time these games hit Xbox consoles. The news comes as Microsoft's roughly $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard is put under the magnifying glass by almost every regulator imaginable. What does Microsoft and Nintendo agreement entail? Well, it says Microsoft, quote, Microsoft and Nintendo have now negotiated and signed a binding 10-year legal agreement to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo players the same day as Xbox with full feature and content parity so they can experience Call of Duty just as Xbox and PlayStation gamers enjoy Call of Duty. Statement reads, we are committed to providing long-term equal access to Call of Duty to other gaming platforms, bringing more choice to more players and more competition to the gaming market. The two companies were already in talks to secure the deal. In December 2022, Xbox boss Phil Spencer tweeted that Microsoft had, quote, entered a 10-year commitment to bringing Call of Duty to Nintendo, end quote, once the Activision Blizzard merger was complete. Spencer said Valve's PC-based storefront Steam would also continue getting Activision Blizzard titles. Smith's latest news, though, suggests a more formal agreement has been completed, as he noted the deal has been, quote, signed and negotiated, end quote. The mention of a binding agreement is new, as well, signaling that Activision and Microsoft have now promised Nintendo fans military shooting action. (laughs) Kotaku reached out to Microsoft and Nintendo for comment. It's interesting, though, that this new statement from Smith further points to the idea of Microsoft bringing more choice to more players and giving more competition to the gaming market. When one of the largest console manufacturers is preparing to buy one of the biggest game publishers, industry consolidation doesn't lead to more choice, but we'll see if Microsoft makes good on its promise to Nintendo and Sony. Says, has Call of Duty been on Nintendo consoles before? You know, it's been a minute since Call of Duty was even on a Nintendo console. If you can believe it, it's actually been almost 10 years since 2013's Call of Duty Ghost was the last one to hit the Wii U. Every other entry since has skipped over the family-friendly system. However, with this ink deal, maybe we'll see a The Legend of Style themed weapon or Super Mario Bros. Operator skin or something along those lines. That's the end of the article. That would be funny if, like, they got Nintendo, like, exclusive content where, like, you'll see, like, Nintendo stuff, like, characters or whatever within Call of Duty. Yeah, you'll see, uh, you'll see, like, a mushroom in Halo or... Well, because, like, Skyrim on Switch, like, you can download, you can get a, a the Master Shield from Legend of Zelda as a shield in the game. You can get a whole outfit based off of Link in Skyrim if you're playing the Switch version. So I can imagine, like, that'd be funny if, like, maybe you have grenades, but, like, if you're playing on Nintendo version, the grenades are, like, fireballs or, like, something goofy. Yeah, that'd be great. I think Call of Duty takes itself a little too, well, maybe not too seriously, but I think that'd be, that would be funny if everyone had, like, a Mario operator skin or a Luigi operator skin or something. Well, Nintendo wasn't going to do that. Not a, that's true. That's true. It would probably be just Nintendo themed, maybe just the color, like, palette. I, not even close to red and blue think. overalls or like instead of your tactical vest is blue and your your camo is red or something you know what i don't mean? think they'd be down for that no, no. i think I, I think they might be playful about it um johnny before we start recording you, you, you had some thoughts about this uh would you kindly share those thoughts what do you think about this actually deal? i think we 
were looking at a different um, article because you read up you you were speaking about the tenure thing, right? Yeah. So uh, there was another person that pointed out where it's like, what's the point of signing the tenure contract if a lot of the Microsoft games are already on Sony, they're on Steam, they're on Nintendo. So why would you commit to a contract? Like, just lock the purchase and you're still going to have those games on those platforms. So what's the point? Do you get me? I think this, yeah. I think this is kind of more like showing... I think this is more like a PR thing than anything. Yeah, yeah. Microsoft's just trying to show like, hey, like we're very buddy-buddy with everybody who wants to work with us, right? Yeah. They were also discussing how how the microsoft was trying to convey how they also like to share their games so right. everybody can access them sure right? that's their their pr yeah so they speak about something like 15 games being on different platforms like sony uh i think microsoft has 15 ips on sony and sony ha- sony only has two ips on microsoft mm-hmm. and it was kind of funny because uh there's they make like a pie chart and then 80 percent of the pie chart is sony and the last 20 is Xbox, except they kind of omit Nintendo and PC. Right. You get me? Yeah. So it's it's funny because they're like lying with stats. Sort of, yeah. I think um, one of the games that's on Xbox that's available for the first time ever was, uh, was it the MLB game, right? MLB. From PlayStation? Yeah, because PlayStation makes, they're the, they're the, like, the, they have their rights to making the MLB the show games or whatever, right? Yeah. And this I was it this last year or this past year where they finally put one on Xbox because the MLB, the organization kind of pressured them, right, to kind of put it out there. So that's one of them. What do you know what the other one is? That's also on no, there? No, I don't. Okay, because I forgot to. I know you're right. I think it is too. The MLB is the obvious one. There's like one other one. But then we had that whole weird thing. Remember that weird time where like when Microsoft acquired Bethesda and they were putting out like a PS5 exclusive game with Deathloop? Yes. Right? So like it's it, it's funny how they've kind of worked in the background together, but Microsoft this is like face you know public facing is saying like hey we're doing this ten year contract to show like we're bringing Xbox games to Nintendo. We have no idea how they're gonna run. They do say though that it's gonna run um, full day and and parody, meaning that it's not gonna be a severely like watered down version because like the article mentions that the last Call of Duty game on Nintendo on the, on the Wii U. That was a ghost, and I remember seeing that version. That version looks horrible compared to the PS3 and PS4 version of that game. So I think we kind of talked about this. The only way they could possibly do that is if they had it running through the cloud. There's no way that the Switch as it is now, unless... unless Our lobby is going to be the same, though, if it runs on the cloud. Yeah, I think... I don't think well, I don't think that would be an issue. It might be... Well, no... Well, because there's plenty of games that I think there would be some kind. There would have to be some kind of like input delay or something. Well, that's what I mean. Because even on so, at least on the PS4, right, on the older generation consoles, mm-hmm. even on those consoles, when you have lobbies and you're matchmaking, there's plenty of times where you're you're disconnected like, or dropped. disconnected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with a console like that, Nintendo, which is known to have like shit connection. Is it really going to be sustainable, you know? That's a good question. That's why I'm thinking that if they're committing to that, there's a good chance that, that the rumors about the Switch predecessor yeah, exactly. being around the corner, which is going to be like a beefier, more powerful, whatever console, whether it's going to be like a handheld again still, or like 
a permanent at home console. We don't know yet. Yeah, it might be. They might announce next year it's coming out. And yeah. at the end of that year, we have a new. They'll Switch. have more robust hardware or more robust network or something to support yeah. that. So that's the only way that I could, I could possibly do that, other than doing the cloud thing, which I suggested, where you have the game running on a server somewhere else streaming to your Switch console. But if you're doing multiplayer gaming that way with a lot of people, I think you would suffer a lot of input delay and lag. And I'm not sure, I'm not confident that would work very well. Unless you're only doing the campaign, maybe, but that wouldn't be parody then. That means you're missing something. So could they have possibly confirmed their <laughs> already the Nintendo has probably already told them like, hey, like, yeah, we have like another system coming around the corner, like under NDA or something? Probably. I think that's what's going on here. So I don't know. I think you're right though. It's kind of silly to be like, hey, we're putting our stuff on Nintendo when your stuff is already kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely see the merit in what you're saying there. But I do I do just think this is just a kind of PR public facing like, hey, we're not above, you know, working with our partners and everything. I think the funniest uh, we pointed this out, but the funniest thing about this whole situation is that Microsoft is constantly talking about how weak they are, right? They keep saying, oh, like, yeah. we don't have as much IP as Sony. Remember that tweet from that? IP isn't as great. Remember like, that weird tweet from that one uh, Xbox executive who was like, hey, The Last of Us show or whatever is, like, doing so well. And that's, like, a Sony property or whatever. Yeah. Like, And it's like, that's different. That's, like, developed internally. That's not, like, something they bought. Yeah, yeah. But, but constantly they're saying, like, they're inadvertently just praising Sony and then telling the consumers, like, hey, look, we're so... We don't have IP. We don't put IP as frequently as you guys like. Yeah. It's like telling them, like, you guys might as well go to Sony. But they're doing that because they want to purchase it's sort Activision of, Blizzard. Yeah, it's sort of like, they say, uh, cutting your nose to spite your face yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a very weird tactic to make yourself look weak and vulnerable. Unless you think it's actually going to work. Which, who knows? It might. Who knows? We don't know for sure. Johnny, let's move on to the next door, shall we? I get so tired of talking about this Microsoft Sony stuff, <laughs> but that's the news, right? That's what the news. It's like when people get tired of hearing about the Ukraine and well, actually we haven't heard about the Ukraine in a while. So that worked actually. Uh, I heard about it all the time. Um, I guess I just, I'm not in the, I'm not rolling in the deepest circles. Let's move on to this article from game rant written by Miguel Luis Yato. He put his full name. It says Sony reportedly acquires new studio ballistic moon. So Sony allegedly adds another studio to its growing family with the acquisition of Ballistic Moon. Ballistic Moon is a Southeast England-based development studio found by former supermassive game staff who worked on games such as Until Dawn, uh, such as the Until Dawn series, I'm sorry. Companies like Sony and Microsoft are no strangers to acquiring other studios in their search for more exclusive games for their respective consoles, so this doesn't come as much of a surprise. A few of Ballistic Moon's staff have worked heavily on Until Dawn, so it's not much of a reach to see Sony take an interest in the studio. After all, Until Dawn and its spin-offs look to be staying PlayStation exclusive for the time being and have performed well there. Perhaps Sony has seen value in Supermassive Games products and by extension those who've worked for the studio. If the staff who are part of Ballistic Moon can recreate the magic brought about by Supermassive Games, it could mean more excellent projects in the future. In any case, the financial services firm PitchBook has posted an entry about Ballistic Moon. On the page, it states that Ballistic Moons, Ballistic Moons was founded in 2019 and currently has 47 employees. However, an extra detail to note is that its ownership status is labeled as acquired slash merged with its parent company labeled as Sony. There's like a picture of like that information on that website. While Sony's Ballistic Moon acquisition was previously just speculation, 
This listing proves that Sony has officially made the studio a part of its big umbrella, regardless of it being a merger or an acquisition. Hopefully this could mean more exclusives in the same vein as Until Dawn, as that game really did well on the platform. It is rumored that Ballistic Moon is working on a title called Project Bates, as several old tweets from the developer's official Twitter account indicate. Checking from the company's Twitter account, it seems that it has been hard at work with hiring staff for, a possible, for possible future projects, so that indicates a sign of good things to come. Hopefully, this partnership between the two bodies will lead to a fruitful relationship. However, most fans still aren't thrilled at the thought of gaming brands and consoles exclusively acquiring other studios. Looking at the reception of some gamers regarding the Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition, this could also receive backlash if fans feel that games are being withheld from their system of choice. Still, in this case, this could possibly be a win for Sony. Hopefully, Ballistic Moon's new project could be set apart with supermassive games hits and will open more projects for the small studio. So this one's a little odd, Johnny, because it says here, basically, they've acquired this studio, but usually PlayStation like puts out a press release of some kind or a blog post every time in the past they've ever acquired a studio. So what's going on here? Like, why have they not, you know, kind of come clean about it like do they think it's just not important enough to mention or no they did the same thing with um uh what's called uh when returnal came out they didn't just tell us immediately oh uh um, waited until a state of play i think it was house mark yeah 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 True. they waited until a state of play and then they told us hey we've acquired this. but they didn't mention it that for plenty of companies they didn't mention that in today's state of play right yeah maybe they're waiting for the game to drop i don't know could be. But when you go to the website, it, I, I was trying to look into it to see what they've developed, but it's only been, uh, it was founded in 2019, I guess. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the website and you go to the game section, it just says coming soon. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I have no idea what kind of talent. Could this be another blue box situation? <laughs> With, uh, what's the name? The Hassan? The, yeah. yeah. That really went nowhere. Like people just forgot. It. Like has anyone followed up with that anymore? We kind of just forgot about it, right? I think it's kind of like a, cry, a wolf crying, or what do you call it? A cry wolf kind of situation? I don't think it applies. But, no. uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that studio, with Blue Box. It was rumored that they were making Silent Hill. Maybe they are. I don't know. All right. Yeah, I have nothing really to add to that. Just Sony buying stuff. Um, but it's 50 people. It's a tiny-ass company. It's a tiny studio. It's very tiny. So it kind of makes you wonder, like, well, well, it's tiny because they are in the process of hiring more people right now. I mean, it's not. It's small. It's not tiny. Like a, you can't compare a this. company size is 100, 150. Sure. Like, this is not, this is not a Blizzard situation. Uh, <laughs> this is just, like, a satellite of a satellite kind yeah. of company. So, yeah. I just thought we'd just throw it in there just because it's so re- relevant but it's not that big of a shakeup. it's kind of like whatever uh let's move on to our final story my good sir that's funny it's called that's no moon huh are you talking about satellites yeah oh ballistic moon yeah, that, yeah, yeah no that's no moon is a different different studio that's the that's the the one that michael mumbauer was at before he well he left to do uh some other thing at, with lithos anyways says here from Push Square, written by Sammy Barker, says Sony shakes up corporate ladder by promoting executive obsessed with growth. And if you guys can't see, Johnny pretended to grab a ladder and shake it right now. So there you go. That's your visual, your Johnny visual for the day. says a barnstorming quarter 
which generated a record-breaking $9.6 billion in revenue for the PlayStation division alone, has prompted some shakeups within Sony's upper management hierarchy. CFO, or you know, Chief Financial Officer, Hiroki Totoki, oh, I love the I love how that rhymes. Hiroki Totoki has been promoted to president, active from April 1st, which marks the beginning of the next financial year. Potentially with a view to eventually taking the top seat, Totoki will work alongside current CEO Kenichiro Yoshida as president and COO, or chief operating officer. He'll also continue to oversee his finance roles. Investors believe the executive offers the organization, I'm sorry, the executive offers the organization a, quote, steady hand, end quote, having played a crucial role in shaping Sony's current successful direction. Quote, I am obsessed with growth, end quote, the suit said during a financial call. Quote, when growth stagnates, you fall into a negative spiral. We have defined our company's purpose with Yoshida's leadership. My job is to make that a concrete plan, end quote. Over the past few years, Sony has transitioned from a consumer electronics company to an entertainment giant, with mo- much of its revenue now generated by businesses such as PlayStation, Sony Pictures, and Sony Music. Its next big endeavor will see it attempt to penetrate the burgeoning electric vehicles market. I forgot about that. I don't like that car. As part of a joint venture with Honda. I forgot about the place, the Sony, yeah, the car they're doing. That car is a prison. Well, you know, I mean, do all cars look great the first iteration? I don't know. No, I'm not talking about that. Oh. It, was a, it is a digital prison. No, I was thinking of like the the, uh, it, the Tesla. It's not nice. The either. Tesla van looks like a tank or whatever with the sharp angles. I don't like the Cybertruck. There you go. I don't like it either. Yeah, Johnny, what do you think about this guy? This uh, obsessed Hiroshi with growth Totoki. guy, Hiroshi Totoki. That's his job. Hiroki Totoki. I'm sorry, Hiroki Totoki. What do you think? Is this kind of like a no? Is this kind of just like a no news story or? Kind of. I mean, it's news because. He's brand new on the scene, right? But I mean, that's that's his job. Yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. It's interesting. He 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 mentions Yoshida as a Shuhei Yoshida in that case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says we have defined our company's purpose with Yoshida's leadership. So I'm wondering if that means that he's going to work very closely with. It probably means he's going to work closely with Shuhei, who's like the main. He's a he's the one that everybody loves. All the PlayStation fans love uh, Shuhei over there because he's like the. I think now he's in charge. He used to be the president. He used to be PlayStation's president. Now he's in charge of like I think uh, relations with uh, develops indies, huh? Develops indies. There you go. He's he's like the he's in charge of like managing like the indies they acquire or they work with or something like that now. Yeah. So, um, I mean that's cool. He's obsessed with growth. That's great. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm hoping that isn't it's not like get rich quick stuff that's like gonna damage the brand in the long term. I hope it's not like you know doing like. Not shady stuff. I'm hoping it's not just like we're just gonna focus on like the big winners, like you know, the same IP over and over and over again or something. Like, no, I don't think Sony does that. Like, I mean, obviously they do, but I think Sony develops a lot of brand new IP. I mean, it's cool to have business-minded people, but I think you need to have room for creatives too. You need to have the creatives. You have to have room for creative types in there too. Well, I mean. Returnal's brand new. Horizons No Dawn is fairly brand new. Sure. There's a lot of new stuff coming out of Sony. Yeah. But some of... I think I think Horizon was under, like, Yoshida's stewardship. So I don't... I think? I don't remember. Sure. But also, it was a studio owned by Herman Hulse. And then he became the president. So that's a great sign. Sure. That's true. That's true. 
yeah, I, that's all I really have to say about this. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much the news for this past week. Uh, final word, the state of play, just a little, a little mid, mid, mid. So let's go with that. Johnny, yeah. would you like to talk about what you've been playing, sir? Uh, a little bit more of um, what's it called? God damn, I was playing it last time. I still haven't completed it. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Okay, forget about it. I played the demo for Octopath. I didn't get too far into. Really? It. Yeah, I didn't get it too much because wow. it's not my style. I haven't even played the demo, so this is interesting. Okay, tell me about it because I haven't even played it. Okay, so did you get to choose one of the eight characters, or does it just start? I don't you? remember it being eight, but I chose one of the characters. I think I chose the other girl. Okay, I thought it was four. Well, in the main, the whole, in the, in the full game, it's eight characters. That's why it's called Octopath. That's an odd name to me. Uh, so, anyways, it's uh, the aesthetics are great, right? They're really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like they're fleshed out the way, like the lighting is great. Sure, the textures aren't that the way great. like the light streams through. Like yeah, the light. yeah, yeah. Okay, so like when you start, there's a a little section where they when you're in the sewers. There's shining. There's like God rays shining down. Sure. <laughs> and then, and then there's a bunch of brick, and then there's water, right? And the water looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Except that there's some portions where things look good, and then there's a texture, and the texture looks like it's in 720p. Because it's like in the background, right, or something. It's in the foreground. Oh, okay, never mind. Because so, I know sometimes like they'll do that thing. They'll play with perspective, where like closer things look more high def, and then things that are further away kind of look more grainy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like they should have focused a little bit more on the on the textures because everything about the game aesthetically should be crisp because it's I don't know what it is eighteen bit or what is it sixty four bit eighteen bit the way the characters look uh, I think it's supposed to be thirty two thirty two bit I could be wrong thirty two bit would be like Super Nintendo yeah so eighteen they... bit would be like regular Nintendo or eight bit would be regular Nintendo yeah, okay NES so so the characters are they're supposed to look bit yeah they're supposed to the look enemies. they're supposed to look like Super Nintendo characters in a pseudo 3D environment kind of yeah so if, if the characters all look like that that's cool and then we get maybe some foliage that looks like that some foliage that's a little bit more detailed that, that looks great too mm-hmm. but there were some textures that just looked blurry and yeah. they that didn't look good at all okay the combat now you know I don't like this part of it because it's <laughs> turn based art yeah uh, turn-based RPG. You get the little health bar, and then it says pick your attack, and then you kind of like swipe your your character from across the room, and they get damaged way on the other side, right? Yeah, that's so. That's just I hate that shit. You kind of have to just visualize that they're going in for the attack. No, they need to go in for the attack. I don't want to visualize this shit. This isn't a comic. <laughs> Bam! Kapow! (laughs) So I don't like that portion of it. Sure, sure. That's like a taste thing. This this is the type of game for the aesthetics I would really love if it was a platformer. Mm, Okay. So if it was... That would be cool. Not Sonic, but, you know, like a swift platformer like Strider. Like Klonoa or something. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, it's, it's just not for me. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the first game, the original Octopath Traveler, was a Switch exclusive for a long time, so okay. it kind of carried that uh, those limitations because it's also Octopath Traveler Two is also on Switch. Uh, they carried those like limitations and like the aesthetic of what you call the blurry and the pseudo two point five. They call it two point five, like 
where it's like not quite 3D, not quite 2D. So it's 2.5 is what they call that style where you have like 2D characters on a s- imposed 3D background. That's kind of what it is. Um, yeah, I was surprised. I'm surprised you even gave it a shot knowing that you don't, you're not the JRPG guy. What, what compelled you to even try it? I'm curious. I think I just saw a video and then the trailer came up. I was like, oh yeah, let me just give this a try just because it was, was it just like the art style or the, the art style. That's what compelled me to play. I knew the game, the combat wasn't going to be for me. Yeah. It has like that storybook kind of like, kind of like a Grimm's fairy tale kind of like uh, palette or like the way they're the, the way the characters are not the way they're rendered in game, but like in the art assets, like the cover of the game and uh, like in the main menu and stuff like that, like the way they're kind of like draw hand drawn with like that grim, like 1800s, like fairy tale style. Like I think is a, is a nice aesthetic, but yeah, the way they're rendered, it's very pixelized, but that's also kind of the point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about the blurry part because I haven't played the demo, but I I know the four the backgrounds usually blurry to kind of simulate that kind of like picturesque like camera kind of thing. Well, that that was a problem was in the foreground. I don't mind things being pixelated, but that's like, w- blurry pixels that doesn't. Yeah, matter. in the foreground that seems very weird. I'm wondering if maybe that's just a uh, visual or video setting that might has to be like optimized or something, or maybe it really is just that way. So. Uh, I played bits of the first Octopath Traveler, and on the Switch, it had that same issue you're talking about, where like there's just like some parts that are just unnaturally blurry for no reason. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that's like um, that famous phrase, like is it a? It's not a glitch; it's a feature, the kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, no, it wasn't a glitch because everything. No, else... no, not an actual glitch, but like kind of like things that are like mistakes are like is it intentional or was it like just bad optimization? Oh, okay, you know what I mean? Okay. So or it's hard time to time or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what else is that it or? I mean, Alan Wake. I'm still working on it. Alan Wake is one of those games. Oh, where is that I, the one you said that you were playing? Yeah. Okay. Alan Wake. I'm enjoying it, but it's one of those things where I've made progress, but you know, some games, although you enjoy them, you stop for a little bit and you're kind of a little reluctant to get back into it, sure. back into the mode. Sure. So that's what's going on with that game. I'm only. I have only got one chapter left, so. Hopefully, I'll be there next week, and I can give a full review for it. I've got games where I play, and like I'll get like pretty far, and I get distracted by something, another game or something, and I just feel so lazy to get back into the game. Where I'm like, ah, like, like I remember enjoying it, but I feel weird going back in. Like I'm gonna be lost. I don't know what happened. I don't gonna remember, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of puts me off playing the game altogether. So I've had moments like that. Uh, so was that it? Just Alan Wake? And- yeah, go ahead. For okay. Yours. Uh, I've been playing a couple. I've been playing three different games actually, because um, we haven't recorded in two weeks, so I've been playing some different stuff. Um, so remember how earlier I mentioned how Netflix Netflix app has video games on it? Like if you actually bother looking. Yeah. Uh, I I downloaded because uh, it's not enough just to play. You can't play it in app. You have to download it. Like basically, the app is sort of like the client or whatever you call it, where you download stuff through. And I downloaded a uh, Valiant Hearts. Um, have you ever played the first Valiant Hearts by any chance, Johnny? No. Have you ever heard of it? Valiant Hearts. Valiant. Valiant Hearts, I'm sorry. Valiant no. Hearts. No. It's a game. It's this It's this weird game kind of set during World War I. Um, it's published by Ubisoft, by the way. I know you can't look at my phone right now, but it's published by Ubisoft. Um, I'm trying to remember what's the name of the sequel I'm playing. I'm lo- I'm lo- I literally have it loaded on my phone right now because I'm trying to see what the title. The first one's just called Valiant Hearts, but this one is uh, Valiant Hearts... Two, or it's called Valiant Hearts Coming Home or something. It's like literally loading my phone. Yeah, Coming Home. Okay, I just wanted to see that. 
So it's basically your your like little vignettes, like little short story clips, but it's from the perspective of different people in World War One. So in the first Valiant Hearts, you're playing as like a medic dog, like a dog with like a little medic thing around its neck, mm-hmm. and you go around like healing people on the battlefield, and it's kind of just like a, it's like kind of like a side scrolling visual novel of sorts. In this one, uh, Valiant Hearts Coming Home, uh, again, which you can play for free if you have the Netflix app on your phone. Uh, you're, you have like different story. You have, you, you play as, I forget the guy's character. You play as this African American who also has a friend who's African American. And the one who, the, the friend is an older friend and he's basically writing to his friend back home, the main character, like, Hey, like war is hell. It's terrible out here on the front lines. Like, Hey, I know you've always followed me throughout your whole life, but please do not follow me here. Right. That's what he kind of starts with. And then your main character writes back saying, like, hey, I know you told me not to follow you, but I can't resist. Like, it's boring being home. Like, I want to be a hero or whatever. And so it goes into that. So it shows you, like, the – you go in and it kind of shows you guys, like, the – they show you – they're very upfront about, like, the selection process. Like, the tutorial section is kind of like a boot camp thing where it's like, climb this thing. And, like, some guys, like, barking and whistling orders to you. Like, climb this thing. Move this rope or whatever, right? It's like that kind of stuff, side-scrolling. Here's your pressed uniform. Nope, nope. You don't get it from the white people. No, you go to the next barracks where the black people are. That's where you get your pressed uniform. So it's kind of like they're doing the thing where they show you about how, like, African-Americans were, like, even during wartime, like, they were, like, segregated and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So it does that. Uh, I only played about two hours. It's a little bit longer than that. I played two hours. I did – there's, like, there's like fun little mini games that kind of advance the story. Like, um, for example, the first thing you have to do is you have to repair this bike, this airplane. Like, it has, like, the – you know those airplanes back then they had like the two wings on top and the two wings on the bottom kind of thing like they're connected by the rods it's like oh like you have, you're like part of the air corps or whatever it's not the air force yet the air force didn't exist till like after world war ii they're part of the army's air corps or whatever and so during world war one like you have like your you know your wright brother style planes with the propellers and the little machine gun and all that in the front so like your first mini game is you have to like go around and find the parts that are hidden in the background kind of like an i spy kind of thing you find the parts and you put together the plane. And then the next thing is you, you you fly off with your plane and then you have to use the touch screen to like avoid incoming fire. So like you'll see a plane coming from you behind, it gets closer and closer and then you're supposed to like swipe to dodge, swipe to dodge, right? It's that kind of thing. So I've, I haven't gotten that much further than that, but you know me, I'm a history buff. I love like history stuff, especially World War One, which is like one of the least explored wars in terms of like media. It's usually about World War II or Vietnam. Those are the two big ones everyone loves. So it's kind of cool getting like those little vignettes. Uh, from the main menu, you can see like you're going to play as different characters from different perspectives of World War I. It's It has this cute like storybook aesthetic where you never see anybody's eyes. Like their hats or their hair always cover like their – like you just see the nose and the mouth. Mm-hmm. And so like everybody has this look where like their hair is so long it covers their eyes or they have hats on that are too tight. It looks kind of goofy, but it works. I think it, it, as it's it's charming in a way. So it's about a very dark subject, but it's presented in a kind of cutesy sort of tongue-in-cheek kind of way. Yeah. So uh, that's Valiant Hearts on Netflix games. I think you. I think it's also on Switch and PC. Um, so you can check them out there. I've also been playing uh, Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, which is basically Guitar Hero. If Guitar Hero was only only had Final Fantasy music, so I don't know if you've seen ads for this in other places, but Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, you're like, you're basically going through every single Final Fantasy game, 
and you're reliving the key moments from those games but in a musical fashion so they'll play like uh they'll do like the first battle you have in the game and it's just like the battle theme for like the game and then you're kind of pushing the buttons you know pushing the buttons to match the stream of notes coming some of them are just like tap one some of them you have to hold and then you like move the slider up and down to hold it kind of like a snake and they have to like nail it at the end like let go at the right time some of them are flicks of like arrows like if you remember we used to play ddr right yeah you're doing like the flicks of the arrow so you have to like flick the joystick that direction like like if there's like an arrow pointing it's come to the thing right when it hits the thing you have to flick your your joystick in that direction mm-hmm. so it's just it's just a rhythm game but set to final fantasy music which is very basic in its premise but i love it i love it because i'm a fiend for final fantasy and i'm finding all these tracks i forgot about i'm like oh i remember like oh yeah this song is in this game like oh i love that song and like it's just you're just reliving classic final fantasy moments from the different series through rhythm music that's interesting i think i'd be interested in playing a a rhythm type of game if it had a lot of horror themes a lot of horror like a resident evil kind of version yes like the uh midnight sonata is it i'll be down for that yeah, so I've been playing that. Uh, the game has over 380 songs, which is vast, vast. And there's still like DLC on the side that you can get separately, which adds like another 30 songs to it. So I'm enjoying it. It's basically just it's just a rhythm. It's like Guitar Hero just for Final Fantasy music, and that's all I really need it to be. So I love I'm loving it. Um, I think I have probably like 15% of the game done. I've been playing it for over a week. I went to uh, we drove down to my girlfriend and I. We drove down to visit my mom. We went to the Getty Villa in LA the other day, and like I was, I'm just playing the game the whole time in the car. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I got it. On, it's on PS4, but I got it for Switch per, because this is the type of game where you can do like three songs or whatever in a session, and like you know, small bursts, and you can like move on to something else. So I think it works really well on the Switch. Although it does bother me sometimes because I think the controls and the layout for the Switch are not like the Joy Cons are offset; they're not symmetrical. So there's parts where you have to use two Joy-Cons, like two sticks for two, like you have to hit two arrows at the same time. And it just feels weird because I, as humans, we crave symmetry Mm -hmm. and my thumb being here, my thumb being up here. And like, I have to do the same motion with both. It just kind of throws me off. So I feel like maybe I should have got it on PS4, but, you know, also for trophies and stuff, but it is what it is. So I like it. Uh, And then the last game I've been playing was one that we were both very excited for. And that is Atomic Heart which I've been playing on Xbox Game Pass on PC. Mm-hmm. I'm about, I am, I checked last night before I came, before I went to bed. I have six hours into the game. That's what it tells me, six hours gameplay time. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's really fun. It's it's kind of like Bioshock. I know, I know people are tired of that comparison, but it really is like Bioshock where like you have different abilities with your hands um the way the game starts off so the premise is you're kind of like in basically the premise of the game is that the soviet union won world war ii earlier than it really did in real life mm-hmm. when germany launches operation barbarossa where they initially invade the soviet union basically in this version of the of in the game's version of that timeline like russia just stamps them out immediately it's not like because in real life the Soviet Union loses ground and like the Nazis almost reach like the capital. Like they're like 30 in real life. They get to like 40 miles within the capital before they finally get pushed back in this game. Like G- Germany fumbles the invasion and they start losing right away. So the Russia, the Soviet Union, because Russia and Soviet Union are different things. Technically they push back 
Germany all the way back to its capital before the Western allies even get there, mm-hmm. which actually happened in real life too, but like, but way more by a larger margin in the game. So like they have like this, they, they're the ones who do the operation paperclip. They bring in the geniuses. They're the ones who advance the robotics like drastically, like quicker than anybody else. It's very, it's fine. It's science fiction, right? They have like, a, there's like a Soviet scientist who discovers like this thing called polymer, like way early than in real life kind of stuff. So they make these advances. They have these Soviet, you know, machines. There's like, you know, the dream of socialism where all the machines are doing all the work kind of stuff. And like, we can all just kind of be egalitarian or whatever. Right. It a lot does, of people, yeah. huh? Yes. So a lot of people, like some people are kind of like, like, oh, they're very anti-Russian. Like, oh, this is propaganda or whatever, right? There's like a, there's a whole thing going around the, the real politics, of real life, especially with the Ukraine and all that stuff, right? That's hilarious. I'll go there. But, uh, so anyways, uh, what happens is you're basically kind of like in the Soviet version of a Silicon Valley where there's like all these facilities where they're coming up with the most latest and like technological advances with like, machines that can read your mind like you can communicate via thoughts instead of like a telephone like you communicate with like these little thought things and basically there's the this is like the first hour so it's not a spoiler one of like the main scientists sabotages everything kind of like a killer think of like a willy wonka chocolate factory gone berserk or now like all the factories all this stuff they're like interlinked they're all these cool advancements now they basically turn on all the humans who are there yeah there's kind of some parallels because Instead of the Manhattan Project, they ended up getting, what what is it called? Carbon or? Polymer. Polymer. So instead of the Manhattan Project, they had their Polymer Project. And then. The, and pol- the Polymer is like this weird, like, miracle thing that has, like, all these applications. Like, you use yeah. it for, like, medicine and, like, rocket fuel and has, like, weapon advancement. And it also somehow serves as, like, body art. It has, like, all, it has, like, all these magical properties to it. Sounds like, I mean, not really, but if we're thinking about, like, hyper sci-fi it would sound like a nanotech mm. yeah because they use polymer like in every application for like medical field uh for machinery for like weapon applications it serves all these different purposes so like polymer is like the the macguffin i guess you could call it yeah um and so basically you're sent in as this like special operations dude uh far from the red army or whatever and you're like there to basically handle the situation find out who betrayed and try to see if you can like reverse and like like basically salvage all the stuff that's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And so about six hours in, and the game's cool. Like it introduces you. You get uh, you start off with um, you start off with a shotgun and an axe, like an axe, like a fire axe. Mm-hmm. Those are, like your weapons. But as you kill machines and you kill like enemies, like you acquire components, and then you use those components to make ammo or to make like healing items. It's like if you ever play kind of like um. I guess like bio, yeah, it's like Bioshock because you have like this, you have this mechanical thing in your hand that has like wires, and this thing is like it's its own separate entity, kind of like a like a Cortana or kind of like a um, Mimir. I guess you could say kind of also like yeah. People are complaining about that. I don't understand why. It's this like it's AI, yeah. It's an AI companion thing you have in your hand. It's just like wires, uh-huh. but you can use the AI companion thing like as a you can like shoot electricity. You can do this thing where, like, you can use telekinesis to move things with it. Like, you can pick up, like, a fire extinguisher and hurl it at enemies or whatever. Like, it's, yeah, it's like an AI buddy who's a kind... Because if you didn't have the companion, your character would just never talk. Or you don't, you need somebody to bounce off of, you know what I mean? Like, Mimir for Kratos and... Most of the comparisons I saw was uh, to Forspoken, when she has, like, that the, the bracelets. Yeah. 
I'm going to be honest right you, with you. I do not like the main character. The protagonist you play as. Okay. He is, his lines are so bad, Johnny. He has like the cringiest dialogue. I don't know if it's forespoken is bad. Is it the performance or the lines? I think it's both. Right. The performance isn't so bad. I think it's more just the line delivery. Like this guy's like, he's always complaining. He's very whiny. And like, he's like, he, 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 he every moment he can, he reminds you he's special forces. It's kind of like, like, yeah, yeah, like, like the AI kind of, it's like the AI is kind of like C3PO and your character's like a very arrogant Han Solo. Okay. Where like they, they do not mesh well. They're just constantly arguing. And like the, the AI means well, but your character's just so, he's very unlikable. He's just like a bully. He's just a jerk. He's really just a jerk. The guy you play as. And he says like these weird phrases, which I guess must be popular in the Soviet Union, like crunchy critters. Like people make fun of the, he says crunchy critters, but it's kind of like saying like, it's like, it's like saying like F, like fuck, like kind of thing, right? It's like crunchy critters. And it sounds stupid. It really sounds stupid, but that's part of the world building. You know, that's part of this, this, this location in this game that we're in. So like, it's just the dialogue delivery is just kind of weird. And like your character is just not likable. He doesn't have really any redeeming qualities. He's kind of just like, kind of like Duke Nukem or something like, where he's just kind of like, no, I like Duke. he's full of himself. And then when things go bad, he blames it on the AI, which is sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's just kind of like cringy. I don't know. Duke Nukem is a parody of himself. Okay, well, th- I think this guy really thinks he's not a parody. He really thinks that's he just takes himself seriously. Yeah, he takes it so seriously, and it's just kind of like, oh, uh, like he's just not likable. But the gameplay is really cool. I love the combat. The combat is very like even an ordinary encounter with an enemy, like you can still die pretty easily if you're not careful. Like think of the clickers in The Last of Us. How like you're always nervous to kind of deal with one. Like you can deal with one like robot. There's like humanoid robots. Like they're like the most basic enemy, right? They're the most common. Yeah. And you can deal with one easily. Two, you should still be fine. Three, oh, okay. You're probably, they do the thing where like if you get attacked by one and you do that, you have to like recover and then you can easily get attacked by another one that interrupts your recover kind of thing. So like if you play enough games where like you get like stun locked kind of, when you're doing with three like of those kind of enemies, it becomes an actual like threat or danger. So your character, like even though your character has like all these abilities and stuff, like if you use your shock hand to like shock stuff, you have to wait for it to cool down. And then ammo is not plentiful. So like every time you find like components, you're basically just making ammo because you run, you burn through your ammo so fast because the enemies kind of don't die so easily. And then the way I play, I like to conserve my ammo. So I'm always using like the axe, the melee weapon, because you know, it doesn't cost anything to use the axe, but like that puts you in close proximity and close danger because like the, if you, you can like dodge, like they'll give you a prompt when I'm about to use a heavy attack, but like the window to dodge is very small. And if you don't hit it, like, it, you, they hit you really hard and they knock you down. And then when you get knocked down, like, you're kind of vulnerable to, like, a follow-up attack and stuff. So, it's risky to go melee, but if you're like me and you like to save your resources and kind of just hoard ammo, you're probably going to be using a mixture of, like, handgun and, like, melee. And then save your shotgun and your heavy ammo for, like, boss characters and stuff like that, right? So, like, I'm six hours in, I've only encountered, like, one boss character. Um, not going to spoil it too much about what kind of character it is, but, you know, it's, it's machinery-related, so... And, um, yeah, I'm enjoying the game. Bulldozer. It's not a bulldozer. There, there's a, there's a forklift enemies though. Okay. It's not a bulldozer, but there's forklift enemies that like, they're kind of like on a set track cause they've gone haywire, mm-hmm. but they, they do the same like pattern. So there's like parts where you have to like get from one side of the room to the other, but there's these forklifts. They don't, they don't, they don't purposely seek you out. 
but they're gone haywire, so they they have like set patterned routines of where they go. Okay. So you have to like watch them to know like when's the right time for me to cross or whatever, right? Yeah. So there's like these robot uh, forklifts that do kind of like hit you and stuff like that. No, no bulldozers at least not yet. Um, there's a drill though. There is a very dangerous drill though. And so, anyways, I'm not gonna get into all the enemy types, but uh, there's a mixture of like organic enemies. There's like these plant zombie things. There's these robots there's like these flying little mini helicopters that lasers like like the enemy variety is really cool it's like a bunch of different like apocalyptic scenario enemies basically kind of just all it's like a very deadly willy wonka and the chocolate factory kind of thing okay there's a lot of like interesting puzzles with using like your abilities like music so you can use like your met your kind of kinetic mind abilities to like move platforms around and then you have to like it was a puzzle where i had to get um there's uh train tracks but they're like the ones where you have to like you know flip the lever to turn the track or whatever so you have to get this thing to the other side of the room and you have to just like maneuver all these different like train tracks and stuff so there's like a lot of puzzles it's very kind of like the puzzles you would see in a resident evil game an early ps1 resident evil game where like oh i hit this switch now this thing has changed and i have to get them all to light up the same way kind of thing so combat's pretty good i enjoyed the shooting is pretty good the melee is pretty good uh the way you move around you feel kind of heavy but not like in a over encumbered heavy everything you do swinging it has a weight to it in a good way like like uh kind of a gears of war style way where it feels like effort like uh uh like you know what i mean like he- like heft um other than that i'm very interested in the world building like this what's going on with this polymer and like they're like they're like terra. They're like making the like one of the enemies you fight is like this plant thing because it's they designed it to be extremely heat resistant because they want to terraform Mars. So this thing's like this plant is like fireproof, and so like you can't like you have to find another way to like basically kill it than using like the most obvious, which is like fire, right? So like it's cool. There's a lot of world building stuff. Like like they're like trying to kind of you know how in Charlie Chocolate Factory they have like the the everlasting gobstopper like Willy Wonka's like he's kind of like just creating all these candy experiments right here they're doing all these things with polymer to create like new types of like it's kind of like the t-virus and the t-virus also was designed for like well I guess the t-virus is designed for weapon applications but I guess it's kind of like that but in this case the t-virus also benefits you the player because you can use it like as a weapon or as a for medical purposes and other stuff it's it's a very wacky game I'm really enjoying it um I think the game's getting like seven, like average, like sevens for scores, which I think is. Mm, I probably put it at an eight currently right now. Yeah, it sounds like they're also review bombing it. Maybe, but I saw some sites get go like really high with like nines. And I'm like, I don't know if I give it a nine. And some people going really low with like sixes and fives. I'm like, oh, that's too low. So like, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think it's like an eight for me personally. Until I finish it right now, it's just an eight. I'm okay. I'm enjoying it. It's really fun. Uh, I wish you could get over your version of first player games. Yeah. First person. Yeah, unfortunately, I know. And try it, but uh, it's cool. I'm honestly like, as soon as we're done here, like I have I have a meeting I have to do on Zoom, which I think I might still be able to make. Uh, I want to play that for the rest of the night after. So, yeah, those are the three games I've been playing. What have you been watching? Oh shoot! Uh, just The Last of Us. Oh, and uh, I started watching this show called The Middle. It's on HBO. It's like a, it's kind of like a Malcolm in the Middle like family sitcom. Yeah, I've been watching that for the last two weeks. I'm like on season four already. Uh huh. There's like 20 episodes per season. Each episode's like 20 minutes long, so it's not that long of a show. But uh, it's about this dysfunctional family in Indiana, and like 
They have different. Uh, hi there. Oh. Is that phone? Snow. Oh, it's snowing. I'll go in a little bit. I'll go, I'll go in a little bit right now. Uh, apparently, it's snowing. All right, I'll check it out. So apparently, it's snowing outside. I haven't been outside in a couple hours. So, anyways, uh, yeah, it's a, it's just it's a sitcom. For, it was on air from 2010 to 2017, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. So it's just stuff. It's you know what it is. It's a comfort show where I just have it on in the background, kind of like The Office is for me. And I'll sometimes I'll pay attention. Sometimes I'll just be playing on my Switch, and I just have that background noise because I, I live alone. I like having background noise. So, other than Last of Us, that's all I've been watching. Johnny, you haven't, you still haven't watched The Last of Us, have you? No, I know the it's first. It's getting really good. They start uh, many spoilers are starting to introduce elements of The Last of Us Part Two into the show now. Yeah, fuck that. Oh, you know I don't like Part Two. You like you don't like certain aspects of I like Part the Two. Combat. That's it. You don't like any of the characters. You don't like. The, nah, that what's the, what's the Asian destroyed. guy's name? I forgot his name. And then you have Dina, and then you have uh... all the characters were destroyed. <sighs> okay, what do you mean? Ellie watching? was Ellie was totally destroyed. Fuck it, you made me right. do it. No, Ellie was Ellie was totally destroyed. Abby is a jackass. Uh, Dina, Dina, she's there. She's cool, but she doesn't add a whole lot to the game. I don't think. What? And then she's like Ellie's whole motivation. Uh, what was the guy name you were talking about? I don't remember his name. Uh, the the Asian dude. I don't remember his name. He was one of the better parts of the game. Sure, but something happens to him. Sure, find out for yourself. And then Joel, something happens to him too. Sure. And uh, that game is just a total depressing and Tom- mess. And Tommy, and then something happens to Tommy too. Yeah. All right. Okay. Enough. Last of Us bashing. What are you watching? Oh, um, what have I been watching? There's one I forgot, but I saw Queen's Gambit. Ooh, it's, I like that one. I, I'm impressed. I had to their joy. Good show. It really just took me like half an episode to get into it. It's a, it's like another sports kind of, you know, path to victory kind of sh- It's chess. Show. Yeah, it's, it's, ch- it's about chess, though. Yeah, yeah, it's about chess. It's, it's like Rocky if Rocky was about chess instead of boxing. It's really good. Uh, you, It only takes half an episode to really get into it. The little girl that plays the adult, she's really good. She really sells it. Like, the little girl when she's young? When she's young and the way... Or when it's Anya Taylor-Joy on screen. Huh? Are you talking about when she's like when she's like learning from the old guy? Yeah. In the yeah. school? Oh, okay. Yeah, that whole part is cool because it's, it's just nice to see... The different strategies he shows her and stuff. Well, how she develops. Like, these aren't really spoilers, but she's on medication. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. And, and the medication gives her like extreme. The way focus. she perceives like chess on the ceiling of like her bed, and she's like she does like chess moves when she's not playing chess and stuff. Yeah, it gives her extreme focus, and she's able to to play a whole game in her head. You she's, know, she's like she's like that meme where like she's out here playing four D chess or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that development is cool, and then she of course gets an addiction to the opiates. Yeah, yeah, and then. Uh, the guy is cool that teaches her. I maybe it drags on. The a old guy bit too or much. like the short like boyfriend. The guy oh, okay, okay, the old guy. I love when he finally sees her. Like oh, this spoilers kind of, but like when he finally gets that recognition. Like when she when he reads oh, about her yeah, in the yeah. newspaper. Like oh, like that's gotta feel good. When he reads about yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Also, I like the recognition that she gave him. She's like, oh, you, you promise you're gonna put that in the paper, right? That mm-hmm. little scene. Yeah. Um, 
there's some parts that drag on, but of of course, whatever. Like, out of the stuff where she's just hanging out with her friend from when she was a kid, I thought that kind of. I think I don't know if that was a whole episode, but uh, that kind of just dragged on for me a bit. Yeah, that was a point. I was that was kind of slow down. About. Yeah, because she she kind of shows up later on, and it's like, oh, like whenever the show is not that. about chess, I kind of just tune out a little bit. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I don't, I don't need this exposition. We don't really have to go back into the story for this long of a time right like we don't have to rediscover things i like how throughout the show like all her rivals end up becoming like her friends and they all kind of join her corner and her team and kind of coach her on like other like like okay you're gonna deal with the next toughest guy with the highest ranking the next toughest guy with the highest rate it's like it's very like anime where it's like okay who's the next villain or not villain but the next challenger right and the previous one will be the one to kind of like add like like okay you're missing this thing like they're all they all like basically polish her up yeah that that portion was pretty epic you know when everybody's like hey we're, we're gonna be there for you mm-hmm. that scene was great uh there's nothing i really there's not a whole lot i didn't like uh okay some of the scenes were a little bit confusing because as she's growing up it looks like a 1950s or 60s film yeah and then at some portion at some point where she's on the couch with friends. It looks like now she's in the 70s. Yeah, that Art Deco kind of... Um... Yeah, and then her furniture, that's 70s-ish. I so think... the time frame was a little bit odd. Uh, well, because it does kind of jump around to like when she's a kid to when she's an adult. Like, I, it looks like, on average, it's supposed to be like the... It looks like early 60s to then early 70s is how I perceived it. I think that's... Early the... 60s. And then early, early 70s, 70s when she's that's adult. only 10 years, and she looks like she was 9. So she'd oh, be like, she was 19. like early twenties is like at the end of the show. All right, but it, but the but the style of things were a little was was what threw me off. Yeah, the fashion changes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish there was a little bit more drama to it, a little bit more conflict. Okay, but the chest—that's what's cool about it. It's a it's a film about chess, but I love how she has that conflict with the with the with the grandmaster, where it's like. Will you accept this like this tie basically like like he doesn't he doesn't want to risk losing yeah and it's like a very generous term because I guess he has never offered that before to anybody but like she's kind of like oh like he's scared he wouldn't be doing that if he wasn't scared right so like the whole like psychological aspect of not just the game but the way the game is played outside of the game right like I love how like one of the guys she admires like is like this really old dude that she beats and then he's like he's like he's kind of like in his in her corner like later on like at the end like one of the you know how like there's a tournament at the very end right where they're beating like the top 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 and like there's this very old guy he's like it's like in all my years like i've never seen somebody like play the way you play and like mm-hmm. and she's like he was an inspiration for her so like to get like now like she's come full circle where now the guy is like giving her praise is like it's just so cool to watch it's really cool uh something i wish they could have shown a little bit more or just spend more time in is the actual board because there's a lot of you're looking at the person, right? Which is totally fine. Yeah. But I not until the very end where I was like, let me just see the fucking board. Let me see the, the things that you're doing because I know how to play chess. And it wasn't up until the end where he's playing the she's playing the final battle and I'm like, fucking pause it. This this looks like a good shot. And that was one of the few shots where I could actually tell, like, oh wow, like the the layout of the pieces aren't like totally random. Like I mm. can see exactly where the where the, the next move is going to be? Oh, okay. Like I can see, like okay, she she can move here, 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 and then she can, and then you can see, like oh fuck, like the queen is the king is stuck exactly 
where she can trap him up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish there was more scenes where, where the viewer could like play the game with the show, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, small gripe, but yeah, that, that was a great show. Uh, right now I'm, wa- I'm watching Arcane. I'm on oh. the, I'm on the third episode. I think in the middle of the third episode. Uh, visual style is great. It's a slow start for sure. Mm. Um, I don't, yeah, she hasn't grown up yet, but I know I'm going to like it. I know I'm going to like Arcane. So there's that. After Arcane, I am probably going to get into, I, I really don't like getting into shows, but I'm, I'm going to watch a Peaky Blinders. Oh, you've seen it? I've seen the first season. Okay. Uh, that's, a, that's a cool one. I, I just got distracted from by other stuff. I didn't want to get into it because people, you know, they recommend stuff and they recommend stuff that's like 10 seasons. In. Yeah, one of my best friends watched the whole show and he's always telling me like, Andrew, you got to watch it. Andrew, you got to uh, watch this it. This one is six seasons in, so I'm like, okay, okay. Fine. There's some really good actors that show up in the later seasons. You got Adrian Brody, you got Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. You got, uh-huh. some, you got some other characters who show up, like people like worth getting excited about. Okay. Uh, so that's what I've been watching. Uh, what you don't have nothing else? No, I don't. I've really been watching much stuff lately. Okay, what's the next? Oh, I'm sorry. I did watch Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Oh. Um, just wait for D- Disney Plus for that one. Yeah, I know. I, the reviews are it's, really bad. The first half was so boring. Really boring. They try to do the Star Wars thing where they show you like all these different aliens and characters and stuff. But it's like none of this really matters. You know what I mean? It's kind of like like they. It's like Every time they do one of these, they introduce you to like these new kinds of characters. Like, I like here's this new generic sci-fi race of aliens, and it's just like it's just well, it's just tedious. I, I was gonna say that it, they're not very popular characters. Like people, if you read the comics, maybe you're into Ant Man, but the general population, like don't, they don't really care for Ant Man. I don't have a problem with Ant Man. I think Paul Rudd's this is probably like his best Ant Man role. I think, but it's just. The first half is like a lot of exposition about like, oh, uh, you know, Kang did this to our people and now we're like, we've been rebelling for him against him for years. And it's just like more like, you know, generic people have their homes destroyed, generic people try to build an army, generic people end up, you know, rising up. And it's just kind of like the same thing over and over and just Mm -hmm. very, these sci-fi characters and like they do the comedy where they, they try to do Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor with the comedy with the site with the quantum realm and it, yeah i heard a lot of the jokes just didn't stick and like there's like there's like a character who makes like a certain for they say a certain thing in the beginning of the movie and then there's like a payoff to it at the end where like oh they finally do this thing they've been like hyping up the whole movie and it's just very like lackluster it kind of just falls flat it's just like like that's the joke we were building up to the whole movie like that was kind of dumb and uh so i've heard the characters play their part they play it well it really king, has to come down. king is the best part of the movie honestly i hear the the issues come down to the rating and a lot of the cg like, uh, the MODOK, early cg is bad modok looks dumb as hell okay my gripe with modok is well first of all i don't think you can do modok well in live action He's just a giant head with small body parts. No, but his you can't face doesn't do, look like it looks stretched out. Yeah. It doesn't look like proportioned. It looks like white when you widescreen something or whatever. It looks like his face has no depth. Yeah, it looks kind of just like it's just a thin like screen almost, well, like just layer, like no layer, like it's just. Well, if you've ever modeled anything, I don't know how they did that exactly, but if you were to do Morak, you know, you'd 
you do like a 3D animation for face and all that. Sure. But sometimes when you do models and you want to be lazy about it, you make the Modoc suit and that's all 3D. But the face itself is just like one mesh. Yeah. And then you put a video on top of that mesh. And yeah, like a projector kind of. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of does it like that. But I really don't think you can do Modoc. I, I generally don't think you can do Modoc well live action. They just, this is as close as you're going to get to that. And honestly. then they made him bald. And then. Uh, this, this. Well, because Darren Cross is bald already in the first Ant Man. So it's the same. It's the same character. The the yellow jacket. It's the same guy, basically. They didn't have to make him bald, though. Well, he was already bald. I mean, he was we're... already bald, but you'd assume like, oh, this is a person that does hygiene on the regular. It could have been like hairs that just have grown out. Sure. Because he doesn't shave it all the I way. I mean, the lack of hair is like the least of my concerns. But... I'm just saying because it adds to the overall disappointment to Modoc. Uh, Kang is dope, though. Jonathan Majors as Kang. He's generally terrifying, at least for like when you first meet him. Like the things he does with just like the flick of his wrist kind of thing, like Thanos level. Like he is terrifying. Um, I don't want to spoil more stuff, but like they're do- they set up with like the post credit scene, like more of these Kings and stuff like that. And I think the lowest rated Marvel film is Eternals. E- Eternals, and this is just barely above, above that. that. Yeah, the first half of the movie is really boring. I I honestly was like falling asleep. Uh, I went with my girlfriend. We went with some friends. Did she enjoy it? She she said she kind of liked it, but she said she was starting to fall asleep in the first half. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was too. Like, it's not until like Kang's introduced about like maybe 15 minutes into the movie mm-hmm. where you finally like, okay, things are kind of getting interesting. And there's like a sp- specific event you see in the trailer where you see like multiple Ant Man splitting in the trailer. That that moment from then on, the rest of the movie is entertaining. I think. What did you think about that final scene when you see all the all that same character? You see this. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. They kind of explain they're convening for something, and I'm like, okay, I guess this is gonna be the thing that's gonna have to pay off in the future. This it felt like the Thanos reveal in Avengers. Okay. At the end, the post credit scene where like he finally shows his face. Yeah. It kind of, no, not when he's on the throne. It's when he finally like turns his face around and you see it like, right. like when the guy is like the little alien dude's talking to him about the Chitari attack failing, and then you finally see Thanos for that post credit scene. Like it felt kind of like that, but for Kang, basically, kind of thing. So um, yeah, this one. Unless you absolutely have to see it, you've probably already seen it. But if you haven't, I would just wait for Disney Plus in, what is it, 40 days? They usually do 45 days. That's on average, right? From theater to Disney Plus, I think. Yeah, I'm so unenthused for... You know, I already told you, like, I quit Star Wars and Marvel was on the way. Uh, <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder was on Dis- on Disney, and I'm like, I still haven't seen that shit. It's been there for months. Uh, I think I, I do like Love and Thunder more than Quantumania honestly but uh that's not saying that much so it is what it is so yeah you liked uh love and thunder not as much as ragnarok it's better than dark world but thor one and three are better it's one for me it's ragnarok one love and thunder dark world dark world is boring though it is just boring yeah that's the worst thing. The worst thing you can do with a Marvel property is make it boring. But if the story makes sense, I wouldn't grade it that low. I mean, all the stories technically make sense. No, no, I, mean, I think. No, I mean, if the story's compelling, except that you don't deliver it well. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that's still down. But anyways, are any, anything else you've been watching or uh, watching? No, playing no. Watching what? Neither watching or playing. No, there's nothing else. All right, Johnny, then it's time for our final segment before we head out of here. Are you ready to... Actually, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, a random question. Oh, we're stealing my, my thunder. All right, go ahead. 
<clears throat> okay, this is for the chat box. If you guys don't know, we just started the chat box. Chat box is where we just talk about random shit. Like, things we've been thinking about the week. Um, I noticed I do something odd with gaming. I get so attached with a character. That's right, yeah. I get... So, I love Aloy. I love Kratos, etc., right? They feel like they're a real person at some point, right? Sure. So, there's games that just tend to, like, end credits roll and you're just done with them. Mm-hmm. But then there's other games where it's in the open world and you're left with your character to complete the rest of it to platinum the game right so what i notice that i do frequently with with specifically open world games is that i care about the character so much that when i'm done with the game when i platinum it i take my character back to a a special place to a safe place i don't want them being like in the bottom of the canyon or in the mix with all the enemies or being shot by the opposite fucking enemies or whatever right Mm -hmm. i have to take them somewhere because i care about these characters sure so the question was do you do this is this a thing for you absolutely i love the i love this topic because uh i really thought you told me about it like i think like the other day or whatever but like i was like i i thought i was the only one who did this thing where Mm -hmm. in some games uh I go somewhere specifically to save. Even if you can save anywhere in the game, I go mm-hmm. specifically somewhere to save. So the one I think about the most is in the Pokemon games. I always say, unless I'm like in the middle of the game, like unless I'm like doing like a like boss battle or something, like I don't have time. But like when I'm not doing anything, if there is time, I will purposely go to the Pokemon Center, heal my party, and I will position myself in the middle of the lobby and then I save the game mm-hmm. because in the middle of the lobby, there's like a pokeball on the floor. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's just the part of my brain that loves symmetry or something, but I always have my character go into the center of the pokeball in the center of the Pokemon center. And I'll just save. And that's that's where I leave off. That's like my bed or my good night or my see you next time spot. I just save in the middle of the Pokemon center. That's always my thing. So when I resume, I'm in the middle of Pokemon center. I'm not in the middle of like, oh, what's going on here? Oh, why is my party almost dead or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, we're healed off, we're topped off, ready to explore or do whatever we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So I do that a lot in the Pokemon games. Um, I used to do that with GTA Five when I would play the story mode. Yeah. Where, you know, you go to your house or whatever to save, but you can save, like, in other places, too, besides that. Like, you can just, like, turn off the system, you know, come back as a different character, like, as Franklin or Trevor or whatever, or Michael or whatever. But I would always do the thing in the older GTA games where I would go to their homes and like that's where you could save. You could save in other spots and I would go to their homes and I would just save and I would just stay in the house. Mm-hmm. But I think like when you load up the game, you'll be outside the house sometimes. So I always, that's when I stopped doing that in GTA kind of because it really didn't matter where you save because you would always resume somewhere else or like right outside. So uh, other than that, the only other example I can think of is Skyrim. Whenever I play Skyrim, I you can Skyrim you can save anywhere. There is no designate. You can save anywhere. You can quick save whatever. I always go back to my home wherever my because you can have more than one home in the game. Mm-hmm. I always go back to the home where I store all my extra inventory. I go back to my home. I like save like in the kitchen or near the fireplace or whatever. But again, I always have to save like when I'm done with something. When I'm done with the adventure or whatever, I always go back to the my character's home and save. So I I do think. I think it's kind of silly because, you know, they're just like characters. But I think you're right. I think there is a sense of um, ownership or some kind of sense of responsibility. Of care, yeah. 
of the character you're playing, who you're playing for. Um, wait, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I really thought I was the only person who did this. So it's cool knowing that there's other people who do put this kind of thought or this sense of let me make sure you're taken care of because you, you'll play these games for hours and hours and hours and like you kind of even if your character doesn't speak like in Skyrim your character doesn't have a voice really I mean they have a screaming voice but they don't have like a dialogue voice you do get this sense of like this is my character my character I'm going to look out for them and like you know make sure their HP and all their stats are topped off and everything so yeah I wonder, I wonder if there's anything more to say about the psychology behind that because I mean, there's when I was younger, there's some games where I just I didn't really care. I didn't like once I rolled the credits, I'm like I don't know where my character is. It doesn't matter. I think now it's with the games where the game continues after you completed completed the game. Yeah, it's what I specified. Open it, world. Yeah, is yeah, open world games. I think it makes sense to do that. Um, in games where you just end when you're over, or if you can go back to previous areas, I don't really bother doing that really. So, so yeah. Yeah, so I'll tell you where some of my characters are. Like I said, it's it's sort of a sentimental thing where I do care about the character, like their well-being. It's really odd, but I guess it makes sense. Uh, so Spider-Man, open world game. The last put the last place I put Spider-Man is after I've compla- uh, completed everything, platinum, took care of all the crime, whatever. It's sort of um, like the day is over, right? And I so I take uh, Spider-Man. I find the biggest building. And he's just perched right there, overlooking the whole city. I thought you were going to say you're going to put him on the bridge or something, on the New York Bridge or something. Okay. No, Biggest I, building. Yeah, he's like the protector. So, so, would, that, gotta be so would that be the Empire State Building, or is it not always? I think it was the Empire. It okay. might have been. Uh, I have Spider-Man up there. I have Kratos. He's back at the uh, at the treehouse. Oh. Because at the treehouse, oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. ready for war. Because right that's there, the nexus of everything. Yeah, that's yeah. the center of everything. That's the command center. Uh, he has the... Um, uh, the steel worker right there. What's her name? Uh, your your Smith. Uh, your blacksmith. Brock? Your blacksmith. No, the girl. Uh, Who's the girl? Oh, I forgot her. Yeah, you meet her later on. I forgot her name. Yeah. So if anything happens, Kratos is ready for war. The blacksmith is right is that there. Like Ingrid or something. Ingrid? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Something like that. And he's also accompanied by Freya. So it's a he's not alone, and yeah, he's yeah, in yeah. a critical position. Aloy, I have her back with her sister at the lab. Right, that's one of the, the mountain f- base. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the few people you're left with, and your sister is up there in a perfect place. So I took her back there, safe. Uh, then I have uh, Sam for Death Stranding. I took him back to the base too, and I do exactly the same thing that you do. You top off all their health. You don't want to see. You don't want to just take them up there and their leg is like all broken or yeah, damaged. yeah. So I top off all their health. Their stats go as high as possible. Resupply if you can. And not only that. I put them in their best armor. Like I find my favorite <laughs> suit. I attach that to them, and that's that's now, it. Is your favorite suit always the the strongest, or is it the most aesthetic? Pleasing? Aesthetically, oh, okay. Yeah. So you're not talking about like actually like the best defense. That's or what? that's why I have to change it because some of the some of the armors or whatever are mission critical, right? Sure. But when it comes to being back to your base, it's like. Right. Maybe, yeah, like maybe, you're sitting down on the throne and you just maybe wear my Sunday best. It's a photo op. Sure. Okay. All right. So, yeah, very. That's a fun one. Interesting insight to our into our brains. Yeah, I like that. If anyone listening has something similar to that, like if for a certain game or whatever, like please write in. I would love to hear more about these. Because uh, I doubt Johnny are the only ones who do this kind of thing. So, let us know. Let us know. Uh, Johnny. Right, let me get your, uh, That's right. It's time. Name 
Johnny, the theme for this week is by the numbers. That's the theme for this week, by the numbers. Okay. Number one. Let's see how good you are with your Roman numerals. Which Final Fantasy is XIV? XIV. Is it A, Final Fantasy XI, B, Final Fantasy VII, C, Final Fantasy XVI, or D, Final Fantasy XIV? Fourteen. Is that your final answer? Yeah. That is correct. Yes. XIV is 14. All X right. for 10. IV is 4. Good. You're one for one so far. Number two. The amount of times Skyrim has been re- released is a meme at this point. If you were to platinum every version of Skyrim in the PlayStation ecosystem, how many platinum trophies would that be? A, 2. B, 3. C, 4. Uh, see what I did there? C, 4. D, 5. School five. Is that your final answer? Yes. That is incorrect, Johnny. The answer is four. Four. For PS3, PS4, PS5, and PSVR. There's a version of Skyrim for all four of those. I was thinking about all the iterations of it. There's only So I was like, let's just go max on it. Whatever it is. Whatever number that is. Nah, it's four. Sorry about that. So you're one for two. One for two so far. Number three, this one you should be able to give you in paying attention recently. From Software recently stated that across all platforms, Elder Ring has sold this many copies. What was that number? A, 15 million. B, 20 million. C, 25 million. Or D, 30 million. 20. Is that your final answer? Yes. That is correct. That's right. They recently announced that Elder Ring has sold 20 million copies as of like two days ago so very good johnny you got that one right away very good all right you're doing really good it's number four approximately how much is microsoft trying to purchase activision blizzard for a 20 billion b 45 billion c 56 billion or d 68 billion so approximately i didn't give you exact exact what are the first two 20 billion and B is 45 billion. Oh, man. Uh, let's go. 45 is just too much. Let's go with 45. Is that your final answer? Yes. That is incorrect, Johnny. 68 billion. Oh, wow. 68 billion. It's the biggest number. Of all of those listed, 68 billion. It's actually 69 when you round it out. 68.8 million, I think, or 800 million. So, yeah. But I said approximately so. So you got two right, two wrong so far. Let's see if you can at least get above, above half with this last one. Number five. When exploring the city of Pripyat in Call of Duty 4, the line, the famous line, blank people used to live here. Now it's a ghost town is uttered. How many people were mentioned in the quote? A, 10,000. B, 20,000. C, 30,000. Or D, 50,000. Wait, what game is this? This is Call of Duty 4. One of the most famous quotes from that game is, blank number of people used to live here. Now it's just a ghost town. 
Well, A, 10,000, B, 20,000, C, 30,000, or D, 50,000? Which number, like, just jumps out at you? Uh, let's just go with 50. Is that your final answer? That's a small town. Is that your final it's answer? It's not, like, they didn't say city, so let's go with town, 50,000. Is that your final answer? Yes. That is correct. All right. 50,000 people used to live here. Now it's a ghost town is the actual quote very good Johnny. i i put that one last because that was gonna be the hardest one and you actually got that one right and i put the the ones i thought you would get were the ones you got wrong it's always it's always backwards with you for some reason it's funny well i expect you to get 14 from xiv actually i did expect you to get roman numerals but the skyrim one i thought you might get that one and the activision blizzard because we talked so much about the purchase i thought you would have just remembered the price so three out of five not too shabby not too shabby johnny not too shabby I have, you've uh, done worse. You've also done better. But you've done worse. So I have an unrelated gaming trivia. It's really short. All right. So we're done with that section. Go ahead. All right. So if you change one letter of these three words, you will get the answer. Okay. So it's where, what, and when. Change one letter, and you will get the answer to all of those. Oh, dude. I remember this from school. Uh, you take off the W. And then you put it. Where, where is here... Uh, what was the other two? I forgot. What and when. Oh, wait. Okay, I know the where one is you just take off the W and get here. What? Oh, shoot. You have to replace a letter. It's not the same for all three, huh? I thought you just take off the... No, because what would be hat? That's not right. Where, what, when. Remove one letter, add a letter. Did to do that for where, too? All of them. Oh, where is there? Okay. Uh, when? What? Oh, what is that? T, and then what's the last one? When. When is then. Okay, so you get it? Yeah. So where is there? You replace them all with a T. is that? Yeah. And when is then? Then, yeah. It's funny because it gives you like exactly... The, an- yeah, the, the, the answer to the it. The response, yeah. yeah. I remember that from, I think that was like a school riddle I remember from high school or something. Yeah. All right. That's it. Let's wrap it up. All right. There we go then. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. If you have listened this far, of course, we always appreciate your – I'm sorry. I'm like slurring. I'm getting tired. We always appreciate – I have to enunciate. We always appreciate your listenership as always. Um, we have a fun time doing this, and I hope you also have a fun time listening along. If you would like to reach out to us, you have a question, a statement – Maybe you want to respond to one of the things we talked about today about the saving your character or maybe what you've been playing, anything at all. Uh, please reach out to us at duosensepodcast at yahoo.com. Again, the email address is duosensepodcast, one word, at yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter, duosensep. You can find us there, duosensep. Uh, if you want to, I don't know, say anything really, and as long as it's not like incredibly offensive or, uh, or just, you know, damn inflammatory, we'll probably talk about it. We'll, we'll bring it up. So will Jason Schreier you if, you if you're mean. Get blocked. That's right. I have very thin skin, just like Jason Schreier. Very thin. You can see you can see the veins and the capillaries in my skin. That's how thin it is. So Translucent skin. Translucent skin. Like those, uh, what are those neon fish? You know those fish that we can see the skeleton underneath? Uh, I don't know. I They're called uh, something rays, I think. Are they right? No. Remember? Not remember. rays. No, it's a fish. It's the... War. War something? I think it's war. The fish that have like that blue orange neon. You know what I'm talking about? 
No. They're like translucent, but they have like glowing neon. Uh, doesn't matter. The point is, yeah, we all correct have... Andrew on his fish on Twitter. Yeah, if you know that fish, um, and you what guess and you tell us correctly, fish? what's that fish? Uh, Johnny will say something embarrassing about himself next time. So sure, there you go. All right, guys, that's it for us this week. Catch us next week. Uh, and I maybe I'll finish Atomic Heart by then. Maybe Johnny will finish something else. Doesn't matter. Good night, guys. That's it for us this week. Bye.